0: Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at SummitSanMarcos.com. Tonight, we're going to be continuing our series called Revivalist, and we're going to start out with a story, okay? And I'm actually going to be referring to a couple things that I'm going to assume that you totally know what I'm talking about, so... What is the logo for Crux? Does anybody know? What's our logo? Come on, somebody, anybody. It's a merging arrow. You guys got it, dude. Okay, so if you want to see the logo, dude, it is right. (laughs) Yeah, it's still right there. (laughs) Instead of the R, we're like rolling with the real arrow. You know what I'm saying? The merge arrow. Okay, so you can go back to the series slide. So we're going to be referring back to that a couple times tonight. And the title of the sermon is called Burge. And it's crazy, and I'm telling you, this is crazy, that Dominic put a a slide with like this dude on a rock, right? Yeah, that dude. You know what I'm saying? That's not me. But (laughs) tonight we're actually going to be talking about some terms that come from rock climbing and mountaineering. You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of crazy. I didn't tell Dominic anything about my message. He must have been like, I don't know what to do with this, trying to make a slide. But he ended up picking something with rocks, And that rocks. So anyways, I love hiking, okay? So basically, when I say hiking, some people are like, oh, let's just go to Double Peak Park, you know what I'm saying? And we'll just kind of walk the trails and, you know, maybe let's just drive up there, you know, and just watch the sunset. You know what I'm saying? But I'm talking about hiking, okay? So my idea of hiking and my style of hiking is nowhere near that. Okay, Dominic knows a little bit about this, but me and my best friend Taylor, Justin, it's another Taylor, trust me. (laughs) So we actually make our own trails. We go in the uncharted wilderness of Escondido and we make trails with our bare hands. (laughs) There's a part of Escondido that's wilderness, I'm telling you. Anyways, behind my house. So we have been making trails there for my entire life. Even before I met him, I was making trails with my face And my bare hands and your face actually does a lot more damage than you think and receives it so anyways um basically i want you to picture this moment with me it's me hiking with my best friend taylor jessen that's j-e-s-s-e-n right (laughs) and this story's got some cool rocks in it so anyways we're hiking and we're going on one of the trails that we've been on a bunch of times before and um as we get to the top of this trail and we get to this mountain thing We get up there and we're like, wow, hey dude, do you see that right there? Because we're on like a high vantage point, right? So there's this whole valley in front of us. There's like all of these like shrubberies and like thorn bushes and all this stuff. And so this valley goes way down and then it slopes way up to get to this mountain. And on the top of this mountain, there's this outcropping of rocks. And this is our deal, man. This is like what we always do. We always, we're just walking in the wilderness and we're like, oh dang, son. And then we see something that looks cool. And we're like, that could be a cave. That could have something awesome there. Sometimes there's new graffiti art. And so we're like, we're going to get right there, dude. Right over there. And it doesn't even look that far, you know, in terms of, like, mileage. But there's just this, like, endless wall of, like, thorn bushes and, like, all this stuff, right? So we're, like, on this rock, you know, jumping from rock to rock, trying to see how we're going to get over there right and we're just planning it out and so he thinks dude let's just go straight there because it's not really that far but I'm telling you this is some of the worst nasty like bushes you've ever seen in your whole life you know there's like so many thorns and stuff and it's all like living and it's trying to make you not living if you're going through it (laughs) you know what I'm saying so we're thinking about going straight through and I'm like nah bro no way So I'm like, do you see right over there? And I know you can't see it, I can't even see it, but you see right over there, there's like this clearing. So I don't know if you guys can picture this, but we're on this rock, there's a huge valley right here, and there's another mountain like way over there that we're looking at with our rocks, okay? And behind that mountain with the cool rocks, there's this clearing. So here's the David Knox idea. I'm like, dude, there's this clearing behind the mountain, so we're all the way over here, so why don't we just go all the way over here, on this other mountain, and then we'll have a straight downhill path because this mountain is taller than that mountain, and we'll have a straight downhill path, and we'll just tunnel right through and get down to this mountain right here. And I thought I was like the smartest person in the world, dude. (laughs) I mean, I've been doing this my whole life. I have lost gallons of blood on that mountain. (laughs) And so, I'm serious. Actually, not exaggerating. So anyways, I almost went to the hospital. So anyways, a lot. So anyways, Anyways, there was this clearing, and you could see it, you could see it from right here, or from these rocks right here, and so we were going to come from the other side, so I don't know if that was way too complicated, but here we go, so there's these nasty plants, (laughs) and they're poisonous, it's like poison ivy and all kinds of stuff, so there's this mountain we want to go to, and there's so many, I mean it's bloody, It's bloody. So, all right. So, we actually decide to go with my idea, which is great. I love it when we do that. And then (laughs) um, we end up coming down that greater mountain to the mountain that we want to get to that has the sweet rocks and possibly a cave, right? And so, we're going through this, like, thick thick, almost jungle-like stuff. Like, we didn't even bring the machete. I'm telling you, we left my black machete, my prized possession at home for no reason, okay? (laughs) And so we keep going, we're just using our bare hands, trying to get through all of these, you know, plants, and I am dead set on continuing to go because literally, like, when we're in the thick of it, you know what I'm saying? So we're, like, over here. And we're coming downhill and like literally, we are like right here. And I'm like, dude, you can see. You can see the rock, you know what I'm saying? Like it is right there. And we're like wading through all this stuff. We're like fighting for every inch. We're like crawling through things. And I'm like, it is right there. Like we are so close. We are right on the verge. And so every single time, I'm like saying in like a thousand different ways, sometimes with SAT vocab, that we are on the verge. or Like we are almost there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so every time, I mean, it's been like two hours by the first time he starts complaining because Taylor is a man and he never gives up. Okay. (laughs) And then he's like, dude, like this is crazy. I'm like, but dude, you can see it. You can see it, right? (laughs) And I'd love to tell you guys that, man, we totally made it to the trail, right? But we didn't even make it, dude. Like, it was crazy. Like, we spent an entire day there and lots of blood, and we fought for every inch. And I just, we'd finally make it through this rough patch. But I gotta tell you, man, we fought with that trail. We fought hard. And the reason we didn't give up and we tried for so long is because we thought that we were like right almost there because we could see it right in front of us. Like, dude, I'm right on the verge. And we didn't realize how thick it really was. All right, so why did I tell you that story? Because it's awesome. (laughs) All right, just moving on. So let's start the sermon now. Oh, just kidding. So I want you guys to see that we fought hard, and we changed the way that we were fighting on this trail. We changed the way that we were hiking because we had the goal in mind, and not just that, not just because we were focused but because we actually thought we were right on the verge of getting there. And so the way that we were wading through was totally different than when my friend and I just make trails kind of calmly and try not to get hurt that badly, you know, <laughs> and stuff. Like, we were just, like, you know, like, face-planting into, like, bushes and stuff like that. And it's because we thought we were, like, right on the verge, dude. And we were more motivated by the overwhelming odds because we were right on the verge of breakthrough. And I believe in our lives as revivalists, Right now, we're all on the verge of crazy breakthrough. Breakthrough in our identity, breakthrough in our destiny, and you don't even know, you know what I'm saying? You don't even know that you're on the verge of breakthrough. Do you really believe that you're just one encounter away of being radically changed forever? I hope for those of you who were with us at Crux Revival Camp, experienced that encounter and are now enjoying some of the fruit of the change. But even for all of you who just had a breakthrough or who didn't join us with camp, I want you to know for that, for both of you, you're right on the verge of a breakthrough. And I think realizing that we're on the verge changes how we fight, because we know we're close to victory. We know we're about to win. So let's go with the thesis. I don't even know what I wanna do with that. I want that out of my sight. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so the thesis is, you are on the verge of breakthrough, promotion, identity, and destiny. Secondly, the decision that gets you there is submitting your story to God's storyline. And thirdly, is that even a thirdly? Once you overcome the crux by the power of the cross, you will find yourself easily conquering the rest of the journey. So you're like, awesome. So we're on the verge of breakthrough. God, submit our story to God's story. And all we got to do is conquer the crux. You know what I'm saying? And you're like, but dude, what is the crux though? I thought this was the crux, you know what I'm saying? But the crux actually has three different meanings. Yo, count them out, peeps, three meanings. So, crux is actually Latin. You know, I don't even speak Latin. They call Latin a dead language because people who speak it are dead. (laughs) It's so dead, you know? There's almost more people who speak Elvish at this point, you know? (laughs) And you're like, is that even a thing? And you're like, nah, dude. I literally went to college with this dude. He's my boy, MTAB. And MTAB actually speaks Elvish, which is that language that J-R-R, how many R's? J-R-R Tolkien came up with <laughs> for the Lord of the Rings. And he legit knows this language. I'm telling you, he knows it to an etymological level. And I don't even know if either one of us want to know what that means. Etymology is just like the origin of languages and how people talk and all that stuff. What was happening? Oh yeah, crux is Latin, right? And it's a dead language. And in English, it could be better translated as cross. So crux, back in Roman Catholic days and all that, that's what they used to say to talk about the cross, right? And no one understood what they were saying, which is weird. So anyways, crux in English is actually just a regular word. It might even be SAT vocab, definitely a good Scrabble words with friends type of deal. You got an X right in there. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, crux in English means the most important thing. Have you ever heard someone saying you just got to get to the crux of the matter? Right? That's just English, man. But this is crux in rock climbing. Oh, I'm so glad it's still there because I was about to like have a little mini flip out. So anyways, (laughs) crux in rock climbing. Because, you know, this is Summit Church. You know what I'm saying? You climb the mountain. Summit's like the highest part of the mountain. We're, you know, leading people to new heights. All the way over there? Right over there. Okay, so... In rock climbing, it actually means the hardest part. And I mean, dude, you can go in the wilderness with your homeboy right here, but you can literally just go to a climbing gym, you know, where they got those rocks and stuff that are all fancy colors and you just hang on to them. And if you ask anyone there, they'll tell you that the crux is actually the hardest part of the climb. It's actually the part of the climb that if you're able to overcome the crux, everything else is so much easier. And every person at that climbing gym knows this is the rock that's the crux this is the rock, this is the handhold, this is the foothold, that if you can get through that, you're literally just using your legs and the rest of it's not actually that hard. But if you don't make it through the crux, you are gonna have a bad time, okay? So, with all of these definitions in mind, I think the word crux can start taking on a little bit of meaning for us. I wanna provide you a little bit of backstory about why is there an arrow in our name and why is our name the way that it is, because I think it can release to all of us a message of hope that tells us, what the heck? Anyways, a message of hope that tells us that we are on the verge of breakthrough. Something was on my finger, and I don't know what it was. So anyways, here is the good news. The good news is that the cross, the crux, is actually what will help you overcome the fear, the crux, which is holding you back from your destiny and going deep with Jesus, which is the crux, the most important thing, <laughs> okay? Okay? And once you make just one courageous decision to take on that fear, the crux, and you use the power of the cross, the crux, it will lead you to the most important thing, that breakthrough that you're trying to get to. And the rest is actually easy. The rest is actually conquered by momentum. The rest actually is sometimes easier than what's before the crux, which is crazy, because you're going higher up, you know, and my air is getting thin. I mean, I went to Nepal, son, and it was like 12,000 feet up. I mean, we practiced these skits, right? And we were just like acting and practicing these skits that like preach the gospel, and then we get there. And when it's 12,000 feet up, Literally, 95 seconds into the skit, I am so out of breath that I can't even breathe. And my role is to, like, laugh for the next five minutes. So I actually just roll on the ground, literally just back and forth. I'm not even laughing. I just hope that people get the picture that I'm kind of laughing because I am so out of breath that I literally can't even laugh. I mean, I'm nowhere near running out of breath right here. I'm telling you, this is my elevation. (laughs) So, (laughs) So anyways... This is crazy. So anyways, there's this dude. And the reason you want to know this dude is because he has two Zs in his name. And that's just really awesome. I don't know a single person in the world named Zig, except for Zig Ziglar, okay? And so he's got two quotes that I want to share with you guys. And they're really, really simple. So this one, he makes it sound a little bit more complicated than it is, but it's saucy. So it says, in my experience, the people who are not willing to take the first step are not willing to take the second step. I think another way to say it is, if you don't take the first step, you can't even take the second step, you know? Every single person who's not willing to start is not willing to keep on going. So if you don't take the first step to your dream, then you're not gonna take the second step or the other steps of becoming an author or writing that music album or whatever it is. You gotta take that first step. Like, bro, you might have to learn an instrument. Talking to myself over here. So anyways, Here's the next quote from Zig Ziglar, my boy Double Z, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. (laughs) And so that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about, are you willing to take the first step when you're at the crux? (laughs) And what are you going to do to not give up when you get to the crux? I think all you got to do to make it through the crux is look to the crux, (laughs) and it'll get you through Okay. Boom. Do I really want to say that? Maybe. So anyways, it seems like taking the first step is going to be so horrible. It seems like it's going to take so much work and that there's this entire process, this literally like lifelong death that we have to endure to like get to the other side of our dream. So you're like, well, David, it's not just that I have to learn an instrument and do this, this, and this. I have to do all this other stuff just to get there. I have no idea how my life, my story, is ever gonna make it to the story that I'm trying to write with my life. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it's just not true that if I just take one step that suddenly everything's gonna be easy. But you don't account for momentum. And you don't account for the strength that's actually gonna be behind you, pulling you forward. If you can just pass the crux, if you can just make one courageous decision, if you can just have one encounter with Jesus, then it will change everything radically forever. And it's going to skyrocket. I don't know if that's a real word. Probably. So it's going to skyrocket you to your destiny. It's going to catapult you there. You know, you built catapults when you were a kid, right? You know, that's fun. I know Dominic did. i bet you he did. <laughs> so anyways, trebuchet. You know, this guy's official. He probably played Age of Empires. So anyways... <laughs> Empires too, people. Come on, be, be mature. So anyways, the rest of the journey, the climb upward toward our destiny, our calling and our intimacy with Jesus. 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 Jesus, help me. It's a lot easier and it's actually way hard. It's I don't even know how to explain this to you guys, but it's harder to stop than you think when you got momentum. I don't know if you've done the whole rock climbing thing, but I have literally done it. And when you've got the momentum and you pass the crux, am I talking too fast? And then you get there. Like, dude, it's actually hard to stop. You can seriously injure yourself if you want to take a little I'm afraid break, you know. I was actually just at Crux Revival Camp, and I took one of those, hey, y'all, I'm a little bit afraid and tired right now. My right arm hurts type of break on the climbing wall. And, man, it was actually really hard to stop. I had this whole groove going on and I was like, uh, uh, I like, couldn't stop. I don't know how many of you people saw that. I hope you cheered me through that moment. I know you did. <laughs> so, anyways. We talked about the thesis, I know we did. So anyways, that's my first point. My first point is all about the momentum that you get from just taking one step. And if you remember my thesis, because clearly I forgot it, the second point of my thesis is actually all about making your story merge with God's story. Because here's the deal. When you're trying to take that crux, when you're trying to take that really hard step, and you need to build that momentum, I think what helps the most is actually reaching in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, sometimes there's that handhold that looks like it's the crux, you know, when you're climbing the wall and it's like, you know, right over there. But there's actually this other one that you literally physically can't even reach unless you get some kind of propulsion behind you. But that's actually the one that you need to get to in order to make it up. Because trust me, I've been that guy that just reached for that one that I could reach and I can't hold myself up you know but if you just jump and you just get that other one then you can get it and oftentimes Jesus sets us up with this crazy destiny with this crazy supernatural royal story where it's impossible for us to be who and I'm sorry but it's impossible for us to be who we're created to be for us to actually use our talents to make it to our destiny without the super above natural power of Jesus Christ and the cross backing us that we're not going to actually reach that person who we authentically, truly are on the inside without the power of Jesus Christ and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what's going to let you take the step for the momentum. And that's what the crux is all about. It's all about, are you willing to take your story, to take your destiny and your talents and your gifts and actually submit them to God's greater storyline? To actually be that little... Arrow, I don't know what you want to call it. That little thing that's joining the big arrow. Submitting yourself to God's storyline and believing that your life is about something way bigger than yourself. That your life is significant. And that the difference that you can make with Jesus far outweighs the difference that you can make without. The man that you are, the woman that you are and that you want to be, you're not going to really get there without Jesus. And I'm telling you, positive thinking cannot let you accomplish anything. That is a crazy, silly lie from this like success, you know, kind of doctrine. I don't even know what to call it. There's this weird humanism thing that believes and preaches that positive thinking and this law of attraction thing is enough to actually get you to all these great places. And I want to tell you something. You can't perform surgery on someone when you don't know how through positive thinking. Positive thinking does not open the door for you to do anything. It doesn't matter how positive, how motivated, how awesome, how whatever you are, there's are certain things that positive thinking will not open the door to. But here's the power of positive thinking, is that it won't let you do anything, but it will let you do everything that you do better if you think positively. So anyways, with this storyline merging with God's story, I think he can help propel us further. What's our vision here at The Crux, guys? We're leading people to new heights. And the way that we wanna do that as our community, as our piece of the picture, is we wanna mobilize. We wanna get young revivalists moving. And that's how we're gonna get there. That's how we're going to get to the new heights. That's how we're going to overcome the crux and get to The crux and the crux, right? Get to the cross and the most important thing. And so that's what the R is all about. That's what the little thing on your wristband is all about. It's all about, are you willing to submit your story to God's story? Because let me tell you, God's writing a story, and it includes all of humanity. And if we're willing to partner with that story, then we actually can go higher. We can go further than we could have ever gone without Jesus. And you can build a momentum that is so strong with the Holy Spirit that it actually takes intense effort and literally it takes supernatural energy to stop. Do you believe that Jesus Christ's ability to hold you is greater than your ability to stumble? In Jude 24, there's a young man. His real name is Judah. We kind of call him Jude because, you know, people were Greek and stuff like that. But obviously, this dude was a Jew. (laughs) Obviously, this dude was named after the tribe of praise. And in his letter, he writes and he says in verse 24, I mean, I don't know what you call it. It's Jude 24 because there's like just one chapter. You know, you can't really, I don't know. It's Jude 24. He says um, to the God, he's basically praising Jesus. And he says, I give my praises to the God who is able to keep me from stumbling right? And it's this really simple idea. And for me, it's that challenge that when I'm moving on the crux and the hardest point, and I have all this fear that's trying to hold me back, do I believe that Jesus's ability to hold me is greater than my ability to stumble? (laughs) I've messed some things up before, dude. I got some experience with that first hand experience, first left hand experience with messing things up. You know what I'm saying? Um, So anyways, and then the third point that we want to talk about tonight, which I totally didn't write down on that paper, is just all about pushing us back to Jesus. It's all about after we submit to that vision, do we actually believe that we can keep going and not quit? So let's submit our storyline to God and actually believe that we're one encounter away from massive breakthrough. And so I want them to put up the verse really quick, Hebrews twelve twenty eight, And we're going to read it. And it says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. And so Jesus is writing a whole storyline. And I think there's an invitation for us to join in with that, for our story to actually merge with God's story, for our desires and all of that to come in alignment with what he's doing. And I think that's the thing that's going to fulfill us the most. That's the thing that's going to keep us from quitting. And, you know, when I talked about all that positive thinking stuff... I think that's one of the biggest advantages that it actually brings in following Jesus is that there is an answer, an immediate, effective, supernatural, beyond the human ability answer to things like anxiety. And that is one of the reasons I can push so far, that I can do so much, because Jesus has given me an answer to my anxiety. He's given me an answer to all the worry that even when everything is falling apart, (laughs) even when it's so hard to prepare for this message, that I can just take a moment and just ask for peace and I can just pray to God and immediately receive an answer from Jesus. That's the very foundation of my faith that brought me to church is believing that when I pray to Jesus, that he actually hears me. And so Jesus is enough. And my question and my challenge for us is when did Jesus stop being enough for us? I think sometimes we get really caught up in doing this dream, and sometimes this dream and this goal is our destiny, and it's all about helping these other people, and it's all about you know, doing this stuff and being an author and writing these songs, but I think sometimes we forget the crux, we forget the most important thing, we forget the cross, and we forget that that's the secret to building momentum, that's the secret to actually making it through that tough part. And if you're feeling in that, like in that hopeless place right now, I want to encourage you by firsthand experience that if you can make it through the crux, that you will build a momentum that is so hard to stop, that you can only stop by supernatural energy. <laughs> the only people I see derailed are when demons get involved and we start believing lies and we disqualify ourselves because if you don't quit, then you win. And it's when demons come in, and they put all of these lies in your head. And especially because we don't know the movie Inception, we think that there are thoughts. (laughs) And we don't actually fight against them. But as soon as you identify, this is not my thought, this is a demon, it's a lot easier to fight against it. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you that Jesus actually wants you to bring your story with his story. And he wants to take your story far. And take you higher than you could ever go with his supernatural energy. And this is the heart behind the crux. It was all about bringing the focus back to Jesus. Even when it first started with Johnson and Andrew and, and the four who faithfully were meeting outside the church, it always was about how do we point back to Jesus? How does our life and our story and our trajectory come into alignment with Jesus' greater storyline? That our lives are so significant. And I'm kind of preaching to myself here. I mean, I'm going to listen to this podcast again. <laughs> so I'm kind of preaching to myself here. And I really, I don't even know why I laughed at that. But anyways, <laughs> I, I really believe that with submitting our story to Jesus, I'm just convicted. And I'm just sitting there like, Jesus. I don't know how it all works I don't know how I'm going to make it there and I just have all these questions buzzing through my mind I have all these questions for God but I think that's a beautiful place to be in and I think that worshiping Jesus is actually the greatest calling that we have I think everything in my life is actually about worship that even when I'm at work, I mean, I know I work at the church now and stuff, but even when I'm at work or even when I'm at school, that everything I do can have his fingerprint, can point back to him, can be a moment that I shared with him. You know, I don't have time to go into this and like actually show you the real Hebrew word with all the pictures. I mean, I feel like I can say, I'm just kidding, but I don't have time to go into it. But the Jewish people, man, I don't even know how they would feel about living in a culture like corporate America today, because to them, they literally, and this is why the Lord had to tell them the Sabbath and all that. They literally, in, in, in their language, the word for work and the word for worship is so close and there's almost no distinction for them to where they think that work and worship are like inextricable. Is that way through SAT vocab? It's impossible to disconnect them. It's impossible to separate work and worship. They're inextricable. <laughs> and so I think that there's actually this crazy picture where what if everything in my life Everything I did could actually tie back into God's storyline. If I'm willing to be humble and trust his trajectory, what if he was using everything in my life to write this crazy story for all of humanity and I get to play this small part? Then so much of my life becomes just about worshiping him and not about pursuing my dream because that's how I get to know the God who's writing the story. And that's the only way I'm gonna know what to do next is because I have relationship with him. Like Abraham and all those dudes that you could name bomb from scripture, they followed the voice of the Lord. And I think we find that in worship. We find that right before our massive breakthrough, right at that point of the crux. Are you willing to submit your time to Jesus? Are you willing to let your story merge and submit and yield to his story? I mean, this is, the, this is the sign that we see when we're gonna like yield and the lanes are gonna merge and stuff, and it's just gonna become that one lane. And so Jesus is inviting us to go higher. He's inviting us into his storyline. And I think for me, some of the conviction is even about, wow, like, is this part of my week that I enjoy the most actually worshiping Jesus? Is that the thing that makes my day? Is that the highlight of my day, that time that I spent with him in prayer? And so I just want to encourage you guys that Jesus is enough and that he is actually the one who is going to propel us further than we could ever go. It's not positive thinking. And positive thinking is important and it can help you do everything you do in your life better. But Jesus, the crux, the cross is actually what lets you overcome the crux by focusing your life on the crux, which is the most important thing, which is the cross, which is Jesus, which is overcoming the that really, really hard spot. So, he's not just the key to it, but he wants you to make it through it because on the other side of it is your deep, deep intimacy with him. If you can overcome the crux and make one courageous decision, that you can be on that momentous, momentum is path <laughs> to breakthrough where you are unstoppable. And the only thing that could derail you is something crazy supernatural. And sometimes us just yielding to a silly little lie, a silly little supernatural, demonic, nasty imp lie. (laughs) Nasty. So anyways, I don't know if that's like a weird spot to transition on, but I'm just going to pray for you guys really quick. And then we're going to break up into our small groups. So boom, stop the presses. And anyways, Jesus, I just thank you so much for this moment in this message. Thank you that our lives are actually part of your storyline, that every single thing that you're doing in the world, that you've invited us and our story and our things and decisions to be a part of that, to be a part of what you're doing on the earth and what you're doing in all of eternity. And so we just pray that the actions that we take in our days would be the ones that echo in eternity instead of the ones that just fade away (laughs) that we can't take with us. Whatever you believe comes after. And so, Jesus, we just pray that you fill us with your Holy Spirit. You fill us with the supernatural power and grace to do what we couldn't do before, to get to the crux, and that you would pour out the grace for us to overcome it and for us to go further than we even thought we ever could. I just believe that you're in the business of raising people up. And the thing you did with your disciples was you elevated them to your place of authority and power, justice. And so I just pray that you would do that in our lives, that you would elevate us to your place of power and let us fit into your story. Let us worship you, Jesus. And let our eyes being fixed on you be the thing that draws us closer to our destiny. Because the first commandment is in first place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.